church Bibles today on page 1400, 1400, in 1 John chapter 4. Uh, real quick, we'll just uh, remind everybody to keep, almost all of us know someone or um, have heard of someone that was affected by the mesquite heat fires out southwest of Abilene, so let's keep those folks in our prayers who are impacted by that, and if... Um, if you see a need that arises in that, you know, let the church leadership know and maybe 
God will call us to help some of those situations. You never know. But we'll keep them in our prayers. Um, we're going to be reading First uh, <clears throat> John chapter 4, verses 1 through 6 today. It's an amazing reminder about how we need to uh, keep, keep uh, balance in what we believe and what we consider to be truth. Let's read verses 1 through 6. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God, and every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and is now already in the world. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. They are of the world, therefore they speak as of the world, and the world hears them. We are of God. He who knows God hears us. He who is not of God does not hear us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the time and the privilege that we have to come together and to corporately give you praise and worship and honor for all you do in our lives. And Lord, we do lift up all who were affected. And Lord, we thank you for all those who served so diligently in that heat, fighting those fires out west of town. So I pray you would refresh them and uh, just help them recover. We thank you for their efforts and their commitment to that. And Lord, for those who had loss, I uh, pray, God, that you would minister to them with people around them. Or, Lord, show us if we're to be involved in that. We pray you would lead us um, as a congregation, Lord, if, if there's ones that we know or are led to, Lord, help, give us wisdom. But, Lord, above all, we pray, just as the Scripture says, that we would always test whatever's going on around us and what we hear so that what we say will be impacted by the truth and the truth only. So we bless you. We thank you for this reminder. Thank you for this strong scripture, Lord, that we know that these in the world around us do not see things and hear things like we hear, That's which means, Lord, we should not act like those around us. We should act differently as we're called by you to know your truth. We bless you. We thank you for your continued uh, teaching, Lord, the way you teach us, the way you reveal things. And Lord, I pray you give us eyes to see and ears to hear today, Father, what you would bring today. We bless you in your holy name, Jesus, we pray all these things. Amen. Stand to their feet as life 
darkness we were waiting without hope without light till from heaven you came running there was mercy in your eyes to fulfill the law and prophets to a virgin came the word from a throne of endless glory to a cradle in the dirt Oh. 
Good morning. Over the last several, several, several weeks, we've been studying in the book of John, and we're going to continue there today. If you want to look in the Bibles, the church's Bibles, we're going to be on page 1238, page 1238, John chapter 12. Last week we studied in John chapter 11 where Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. And we saw many new things in that study, but one place that we talked about was with Mary and Martha, the difference between the two sisters, the sister Martha and the sister Mary, Lazarus' two sisters. And we saw their different personalities coming forth, as the world would say. But what we talked about were things that were not as the world would see it, but the spiritual difference between Mary and Martha. We're going to see that a little bit more in chapter 12 today. So I want to just talk to you a little bit about some things that I've seen in Mary and Martha. Martha, God uses pictures in the Bible, right? We've talked about that so many times. That as God brings us a story and John writes this story, he's telling us more than what just meets the eye. And so we have to look deep into what John is wanting us to hear. And what he's wanting us to hear in Mary and Martha are some pictures that are biblical truths. Martha is a picture of the flesh. It's interesting because Martha is the firstborn, which we're all born in the flesh. Martha is a picture of she wants what she wants, she wants how she wants it, and she loves Jesus, but she hasn't died to the flesh. Mary is a picture of someone walking in the Spirit. And I want to review a little bit of those places last week. So turn back with me. Just keep your marker on chapter 12 because we're going to come back several times. But turn back one page to John chapter 11. And we're going to look at verse 21 and 22. John chapter 11, verse 21 and 22. So you remember that Mary and Martha had sent a message to Jesus and said their brother was very sick. And Jesus had said to his disciples when he heard this, we'll wait two more days and then we'll go. Because Jesus knew that he was going to bring teaching to this family far beyond Lazarus. So when Jesus arrives in Bethany, then you see in verse 20, it says, Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him, but Mary was sitting in the house. Now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. 
So what you hear right here is Martha's attitude. And she's really kind of scolding Jesus, which is just kind of amazing. But I actually have found times in my life before Jesus changed my life when I did exactly that. My life wasn't going the way I wanted it to, and so I came and was actually scolding Jesus. And I remember a particular time very well. It was uh, shortly after I had gone through a divorce. I didn't really have a job to, I didn't have a job to feed my kids, and I was very frustrated with how my life was going. And I said a really angry prayer to Jesus. I was frustrated with how things were working out. I wanted Jesus to help me, but I was irritated with how things were. That's where Martha is right now. In fact, if you read this, probably it would be more like, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. I can see her hand on hip and maybe even pointing the finger, you know, right to Jesus. And then she goes on. She says, but even now, I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. In other words, she's saying, so make up for what you've not been here and doing and get this done right. Isn't that what she's saying? Yes. The flesh, the flesh has a way. The flesh has a desire and wants Jesus to fix our lives exactly as we want it fixed. Now you look a little bit over a, a couple of page, I mean a couple of scriptures over to verse 32 and it says, then Mary came where Jesus was, and saw him. She fell down at his feet, saying to him. Now, I want you to listen. She says the same thing, but she's in a different attitude because her spirit is ruling, and her spirit loves Jesus, and she falls down at his feet. She falls down. She said she fell down at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. She is trusting that she knew Jesus had the authority and that he could have made Lazarus well. And her heart is for that place, but in a respectful place of honoring Jesus. I want you to turn back a few pages to Luke 10. <clears throat> And it's going to be on page 1196. If you remember, Jesus was good friends with Mary and Martha and Lazarus. And he had had some other times with them. And one of them is recorded here in Luke 10, verse 38. It says, Now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary 
who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. There that attitude is again. Martha's telling Jesus the what for. And Jesus answered and said to Martha, 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 you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part which will not be taken away from her. You see, Mary is sitting at the feet of Jesus. Martha is over here taking care of everything, and she's doing all the cooking and the cleaning and the fixing, and, and she's like, Jesus, can you not tell her to get in the kitchen and help me get all this work done? And Jesus says, Martha, you need one thing. There's one thing that's needed here. And Mary's chosen that one thing, and she's sitting at the feet of Jesus. Flesh. Look at all the work that's got to be done. Somebody ought to be helping me. Spirit, Jesus, teach me. You see, where she's sitting at the feet of Jesus is not that she's just laying there on at his feet this is a position that people would take when they were learning from the rabbis so she is sitting at the feet of Jesus learning all that he can tell her she's thirsty for what he has Martha is just thinking about what needs to be done flesh and spirit. Now turn with me back to your marker, chapter 12 in John. And let's read here, starting in verse 1. Then six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, where Lazarus was who had been dead, whom he had raised from the dead. There they made him a supper, and Martha served. There she is, serving still. But Lazarus was one of those who sat at the table with him. Then Mary took a pound of very costly oil of spikenard, anointed the feet of Jesus, and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the oil. Martha is serving. Lazarus is sitting and visiting with Jesus. But Mary, Mary is at his feet. But this time she's not there learning. This time she's loving him, devoted to him serving him she's pouring this very expensive oil on his feet she takes her hair and she wipes his feet 
this place of the hair, she could have probably used her, her apron or, or even her skirt or something to wipe her, the feet. She could have probably gotten a towel to wipe his feet. But where, where she took the time to let down her hair and use her hair is something that John is trying to share with us. It's a very intimate and personal place. She is surrendering her all to Jesus. As I began to study this, the Lord gave me a title for this message, Extravagant Love. Mary had extravagant love for Jesus. And she was looking for a way to show him how much she loved him. This is actually mentioned in the other Gospels. I want us to look at some of the other uh, areas that it's, that it's written in and that the writer uh, shared with us because I think we can learn some things from each one of these. So turn back with me to Luke uh, 7, a few pages back. Luke 7, verse 36. It's going to be on 1189. Now I want to tell you ahead of time, each one of the writers of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, are writing about this incident. But each one has chosen to bring it in a little different light. Daniel and I were talking this week about this, and if he and I saw the same situation happen, we would probably record different things and how we saw it. In fact, oftentimes when we read the same chapters, we God speaks to us differently about different things and allows those things to sharpen each one of us. So I think as we read this, we'll see some similarities, we'll see some differences, and we'll be sharpened. All right, Luke writes in chapter 7, verse 36, Then one of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him, and he went to the Pharisee's house and sat down to eat. And behold, a woman in the city who was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at the table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of fragrant oil and stood at his feet behind him weeping. And she began to wash his feet with her tears and wipe them with the hair of her head. And she kissed his feet and anointed them with the fragrant oil. In this situation, we see that it's talking about that this was actually at the Pharisee's house. Now, if you hold your page here, go back to your marker, because we assumed that this must be at Mary and Martha's house, right? In John. It doesn't say that. It doesn't say that. So I believe that what we can learn from Luke 
is that this was actually at the Pharisee's house, and Martha, in her fleshly ways, is even serving there. She is not at her own house, but she's like, this all needs to be done, and she's out here getting it all done. But we assume that. But you see, it says in verse 2, there they made him a supper, and Martha served. But Lazarus was one of those who sat at the table with him. See, it doesn't tell us whose house they're actually at. Okay. The other thing, let me see if there's something else. In uh, Luke's account, he does give us, he's a doctor. You know, Luke was a doctor. So he kind of looks for different details than what John looks for. And I see that so clearly. But so he tells us about the Pharisee's house. The other thing that Luke says, he doesn't give us the name of the woman, but he does point out that she was a sinner. But he also points out that she was weeping. I think she was weeping. I think she was washing his feet in tears. I think she was washing his feet in the oil. John saw this extravagant love of bringing this, this oil that as we read on, we'll see what would have cost about 300 denarii, about a year's wages. In fact, it's believed that Mary and Martha and Lazarus were quite wealthy and that this oil might have been an inheritance passed down. So what John saw, yes, she may have had tears, but what he saw is she was bringing what was so valuable to her, this oil. Turn with me to Mark on page uh, 1171. Mark chapter 14. Mark starts out much as John did. It says, after two days, it was the Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread. And the chief priest and the scribes sought how they might take him, Jesus, by trickery and put him to death. But they said, not during the feast, lest there be an uproar of the people. And being in Bethany at the house of Simon the leper. Okay, now we find out a little more information. Not only was he a Pharisee, but his name was Simon. Okay? As he sat at the table, a woman came having an alabaster flask of a very costly oil of spikenard. Then she broke the flask and poured it on his head. But there were some who were indignant among them and said, Why was this fragrant oil wasted? Um, for it might have been sold for more than 300 denarii and given to the poor. And they criticized her sharply. 
So I want to talk about that part in just a minute. But I want to go ahead and look at this place. In Mark, it says that it was poured on his head. It may very well have been on his head, and it may have very well been on his feet. We assume one is right and one is wrong. If Daniel and I saw the same situation and reported on it differently, it doesn't necessarily mean one was right and one was wrong. One held on to different things. You see, the normal way to anoint someone was to pour the oil on their head. Usually it was done oftentimes to a guest as they came in because they have been walking in the dust and they're very dusty and the oil would they would use the oil to refresh in their face and the dust out of their hair. But John sees the intimate place that Mary comes at his feet. So I probably tend to believe that Mary did anoint the head, but I think that Mary also anointed the feet. Now look with me to Matthew 26, page 1145. Matthew 26, page 1145. And when Jesus, I'm sorry, verse 6. And when Jesus was in Bethany at the house of Simon the leper, a woman came to him having an alabaster flask a very costly fragrant oil, and she poured it on his head as he sat at the table. So now we have two people, uh, Mark and Matthew, saying it was poured on the head, and Luke and John saying it was poured on the feet. So I've already kind of t told you about that. I think it's very clear that that's what's going on. And then it goes on to say here as well, but when his disciples saw it, they were indignant, saying, why this waste? So we'll talk about that a little bit more. I want to show you one more thing. Turn back to Luke 8. So Luke 8, uh, verse 2 on page 1190. I want you to grab hold of what I'm about to tell you. But we saw in all four Gospels this account of this woman Mary, the sister of Lazarus, oftentimes referred to as Mary of Bethany, right? How she came to Jesus and anointed him with this very costly oil. She was giving extravagantly. Do you see that? And to pour it on his head would be good. But to wash his feet would be more extravagant. Do you see that? Someone would say, why are you wasting that on his feet? You know, that, at least just put it on the head. 
It's so extravagant. And then she says, and let me empty myself and wipe these feet with my hair. I'm going to empty myself of all my dignity, of all of myself that you might see how I would honor and respect you. So as we looked at this place in, in Luke just a few minutes ago and read right here starting in verse 36, remember, let's just read this again real quick, verse 36 on the page before, on page 1189. Then one of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him, and he went to the Pharisee's house and sat down to eat. And behold, a woman in the city who was a sinner when she knew that Jesus sat at the table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of fragrant oil. Okay, what jumped out with us right there is the woman is what? A sinner, right? So, so Luke is telling us this important thing. Now, I want you to look over on page 1190 in chapter 8, verse 2. Well, let's start in, in verse 1 so we can all read these. Now, it came to pass afterward that he went through every city and village preaching and bringing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God. And the twelve were with him, and certain women who had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities, Mary, called Magdalene, out of whom had come seven demons... And then he goes on and says, and Joanna and Susanna. But Mary, Mary Magdalene, who Jesus had healed, who had seven demons. Many scholars believe that Mary Magdalene and Mary, the sister of Lazarus, are the same person. The more I've studied this over the last week, I would agree. I think it's absolutely true. I think it's why Luke is telling us that the woman who brought the alabaster flask was a sinful woman. It's why Luke is telling us in just a little bit over, and this woman that is going with Jesus from town to town sharing the gospel is Mary Magdalene, who seven demons have been, she's been delivered from. You see, what I believe may have happened is that as Jesus came and delivered Mary, then Martha and Lazarus came to know Jesus in this amazing way. But Mary was delivered of seven demons. She had extravagant love for him because he had done so much in her life. I don't know about you. I don't know where your situation is, but I know about me. And I know what God has set me free from. And I know what he's delivered me out of. And I know how he's healed me spiritually. And I know how he's worked in my life to bring me out of the darkness and into his life. Into his light. I see Mary, and she's saying, he's done so much. 
How can I, how can I show him? Let me get all that I have, this inheritance, this expensive oil, this very precious thing. And let me pour it out on him. And let me bow down at his feet. She loved extravagantly. Turn with me to Philippians 4. It's on page 1351. In all accounts of the gospel, it says the fragrance filled the room, the home. The fragrance filled the home. I was thinking about this place and how this fragrance filled the, the home. And I was brought to some scriptures, and we'll read these scriptures, but I want to tell you what I saw so clearly is that the fragrance was Mary's love. You see, the writer of John is helping us to understand through these pictures and these places. And Jesus taught in parables and pictures. And he's helping us to understand the fullness of what he's saying here is that Mary, as she came and loved so extravagantly, it filled the whole room. Everybody in there. was aware of the fragrance of her love for Jesus. Looking in Philippians, Paul writes in chapter 4, verse 18, Indeed, I have all and abound. I am full. He said, I've got everything I need. And having received from Epaphroditus the thing sent from you, a sweet-smelling aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. He's saying, this gift that's been given to me is such a great sacrifice and has such a sweet aroma that it's well-pleasing to God. This fragrant oil, this place that Mary is pouring out, is so pleasing to God because he's, she's serving out of such love. Look with me a few pages over on page 1346, Ephesians 5. And Paul writes again in Ephesians 5, verse 1 and 2, it says, Therefore be imitators of God, dear children, and walk in love 
as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. If we went over and looked in Leviticus, we studied there about a year or so ago, and you remember the burnt offering has a sweet-smelling aroma. The burnt offering that they would bring before the Lord had a sweet-smelling aroma to the Lord. I see that our acts of love, our acts of service, our places of walking and being imitators of Jesus fill the room with a sweet-smelling aroma. That's what he saw with Mary. Now, if you turn back to your page where you have the marker in John 12, <laughs> I think this is so important to see here. In this very intimate place where Jesus is being lifted up and Mary is honoring and loving him in such a deep way, the enemy comes. <laughs> Isn't that how it is? That when we're going along and we're so close to Jesus and we want to... to pour out on him our great love for Jesus, the enemy comes. And so we see in verse 4, let's start there, it says, But one of the disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son. Now where did we hear about Simon? It's his house. They're in Simon's house. Judas is his son, who would betray him, said, why was this fragrant oil not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? But this he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he, has a, he was a thief and had the money box, and he used to take what was put in it. But Jesus said, let her alone. She has kept this for the day of my burial. For the poor you will have with you always, but me you do not have always now a great many of the Jews knew that he was there and they came not for Jesus Jesus sake only but that they might also see Lazarus whom he had raised from the dead but the chief priest plotted to put Lazarus to death also because on account of him many of the Jews went away and believed in Jesus. So through the raising of Lazarus, many were believing, and many had come to see. And the enemy is trying to disrupt the very things of God. I want to share with you the last little important thing that I saw in this story of Mary and Martha. You know, we talked about this place in the very beginning that Martha is a picture of acting out of our flesh. Mary is a picture 
of walking in the Spirit with Jesus, devoted, overwhelmed with love for Jesus. And her actions speak boldly of that place. So very early on, the Lord began to remind me that Martha is never again mentioned in the Bible. Never again. I think she loved Jesus, but she had not died to herself. She still had a controlling spirit. I don't know what else. But she was a picture of the flesh, and she had not died. Mary, on the other hand, who is walking in the Spirit and serving Jesus out of her love, is found at the cross. So turn with me to John 19, verse 25. It's just a few pages over, chapter 19. On page 1248, page 1248, it says, uh, verse 25, Now there stood by the cross Jesus, his mother, and his mother's sister, and Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. Mary, Lazarus' sister, Mary Magdalene, who had been delivered of seven demons, Mary, who loved so much, she's at the cross. She's right there. Then look with me to the next page over, chapter 20, verse 1. On the resurrection day, verse 1 says, Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw that the tomb had been taken away from her, from, uh, taken away from the tomb. Mary is at the tomb. She goes and she tells the disciples. And they come to look. And then look with me in chapter 10 verse chapter 20 verse 10. Then the disciples went away again to their own homes, but Mary stood outside by the tomb weeping. And as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white, sitting, one at the head and the other at the feet, where the body of Jesus had lain. Then they said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? And she said to them, Because they've taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they've laid him. Now, when she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there and did not know it was Jesus. And Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? She, supposing him to be the gardener, said to him, Sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. 
He'd been talking to her. She didn't know who he was. But when he said Mary, when he called her by name, she turned to him and said, Rabboni. And it says right here, which means teacher. But I want you to know, I looked this up. It means far more than teacher. It means my teacher, my master, my rabbi. Not just teacher. It was her Lord, her teacher, her master. And we'll study this a little later, but Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to my Father, but go to my brethren and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father and to my God and to your God. Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord and that she had spoken these things to her. Not only did Mary get to be in the very difficult places with Jesus of the cross, but she was there in the glorifying places of the resurrection. But not only that, Jesus sent her. Mary Magdalene is referred to as the apostle to the apostles. Why? Because apostle means to be sent. Jesus sent her. The first one he sent out with the gospel resurrection story was Mary. Go and tell the others. She was the first apostle sent out. The last scripture I want to leave you is in Matthew page 1140. Matthew 22. The Pharisees are testing Jesus, verse 37, 36, and 37. And, the, and they're saying, the, the Pharisees are saying, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest commandment. This is how Mary loved. You see, there was a point and a time when Mary was in a difficult place. Her life was not going well. She had seven demons. She was being tormented. But oh, when Jesus touched her. It was a touch that she would hold on to and endure forever. I believe this is a message for all of us today. 
to check our hearts to see if we love Jesus in the way Mary did or if we're a Martha with all the things of the world. I was thinking about this place and this morning and I was thinking about how this was and I was thinking about King David. And as King David is bringing the ark into Jerusalem, oh, how he loved being in the presence of the Lord. And he took off his royal clothes. Some people say he, he became naked and danced in the street. That's not true. If you go back and read, he really had on the, uh, the royal priesthood garments of linen. But they were the everyday garments. They were not, they were not the... Um, the ones that they would go into the Holy of Holies. He took off his royal robes and he took off the things that elevated him that he might dance before the Lord stripped of all his earthly glory. So if you're here today and and I, I pray this message has touched your heart as it has touched mine. I pray that you would come and worship in a way. Whether it be like King David dancing in the, in the aisles and, and just totally unaware of anyone else around you. Or if you are Mary laying at the feet of Jesus, I pray that your heart would be moved to know him deeply. If there is any place that we can pray with you, the elders of the church will be in the back and would love to join you as you draw deeper to Jesus.
this time that I have left is all I have of worth. I lay it at your feet, Lord. It's less than you deserve. Though I've little strength, though my days are few, you gave your life for me, so I will live my life for you. Like you spilled your own blood, I spilled.